Um, so it's switching from prayer to, to speaking. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do the reading first, which is um, from, there's two readings. One is from Psalm 23, verse 5, but the one I'm going to read now is from John, and it's chapter 12, find the right page, chapter 12, verses 1 to 12. Chapter 2. Thanks, Mike. Um, It's chapter 2. Jesus changes water to wine. On the third day, a wedding took place at at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and the disciples had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This was the first of the miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and the disciples put their faith in him. Okay, let me just get my my thing. So we're continuing to um, think about Psalm 23 that uh, Mike and Jared spoke on over the last couple of weeks. And this week it's verse 5. And I'm just waiting for it to come up on my iPad. Um, And and we're thinking about that in conjunction with the idea of parties and meals. And I'm getting... Is everything okay, tech guys? Okay. Sorry, I have to move my head. In conjunctions with parties and meals and food and um, fellowshipping and reconnecting. So I just want to invite Jared up onto the stage for a moment. And I want to ask you a question for you here in the room. I think everybody... Um, at home has already been asked this question, so Jared might have some responses in a minute. But my question is, I wonder if you could tell me if you've been able to eat with somebody recently um, that maybe you hadn't met with for a while because of the COVID restrictions. But what I'm really interested in is how did that feel? What made it special? So if you want to have a think and then just raise your hand, Jared is going to tell us what people at home thought about that. Yeah, so there's um, there's been some great responses. Um, um, so, uh, there's a couple of people, my cousin and her husband, yesterday. After so very long, it was really special taking, uh, talking family, faith, and future, and football, obviously. <laughs> um, and, um, and people um, who've met up with children, like grown-up oh, kids that they haven't seen in so long. It's someone for, one for nine months, one for over a year. Um, uh, and it seems such a long time since we had a meal with someone else, and since she lives on her own, it was special, especially to give her a hug. I mean, that's priceless, isn't it, a hug? I'm not much of a hugger, but uh, yeah. But yeah, when I got my first hug, I actually hugged Jamie in the office when we were first allowed to. And generally, <laughs> I, I nearly cried. Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
Last one, great question. I've forgotten about hospitality at home. Last time it was around a fire pit with Life Group. Great to meet up with friends and share in 3D rather than on a screen. <laughs> so yeah. Thank you, Jared. So in the room, has anyone got any, um, anything that they want to kind of just shout out about something special that they've, or somebody special that they've been able to meet with or fellowship with recently? Go on, Sarah. It, it is a really special time, isn't it? Um, it feels very different eating with people and meeting up with people than before the pandemic. You know, I'd go out and meet friends for coffee and see my family all of the time. And now it seems to be the most important thing that I do. And having that time with them seems to give me a deeper joy than just about anything else I do I, as well. I met Sarah with my sister recently and it was very emotional and I wanted to cry. And Jared, I remember the first time I hugged somebody. And yeah, it was the, probably one of the most special hugs I've probably ever had and gave. Um, so these things at the moment are just really, really important, aren't they? That intimacy, that coming back together, that fellowshipping, whether that's with friends or with family, maybe that's with work colleagues or with each other here in church, that coming back together. And I'm wondering, um, sorry, I just lost where I was because I just spoke it without reading it. Um, and the pandemic has highlighted that need for each other, hasn't it? I mean, I, I just think about, you know, clap for the NHS going back over a year ago when that started. And that highlighting, it highlighted how we needed to treat each other maybe a little bit better or how we would be a little bit more intimate with people that we weren't before, even if that was on Zoom. Um, but that, that connection of, of relationships and that supporting and caring for each other, the church had a helpline. And I know lots and lots of people uh, volunteered to pick up prescriptions and go shopping. And it's just a, a deeper level of fellowship, a deeper level of intimacy and of relationship. And that's one of the joys of the pandemic. I myself, um, although the pandemic was really difficult, also had one of the best experiences ever that came directly out of the pandemic. And that was my work up at the Allendale. The opportunity to meet with people, to talk to them about their experiences in life at that point, good and bad. But also, uh, what God used the pandemic for in my life was that he gave me the ability to talk about faith um, in, in a much bigger way than ever before. And he gave the opportunity to the people I was talking to to explore faith in a bigger way than before. I think this pandemic has definitely opened that opportunity up for many people. So the pandemic has taken away relationships and, and minimized them in some ways, but it's also given opportunity for new relationships and a deeper relationship than maybe we had before. Psalm 23, you set a table before me in the midst of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And I wonder what kind of meal David was thinking about when he said these words. We, you know, it sounds to me like it was a banquet, um, a, a meal that God would prepare, prepare for us, that would sustain us, that would nourish us, that would nourish us and sustain us maybe where nothing else would. And David talks about how God prepares this meal, that God takes on a role of a servant and he prepares this meal so that we can come and sit with him and enjoy fellowshipping with him and receive that love and that nourishing and sustainment from him. A place where we can feel his anointing, 
and a place where we can just be in his presence. So let's look at some of these words in this passage. The idea of a table and to prepare does describe, I think, a bounty, something that's just so um, extravagant and so filled with love. I think of a wedding banquet rather than a a quick lunch at the cafe in Wimborne. Um, You know, this wedding banquet that God prepares us and he's the host and he invites David to this table, to the table that he himself has prepared. Because God had been thinking about David and God had pre-prepared, he pre-planned and he knew what David needed. So he took care to prepare all of the things that David would need. Before me, that word is a connection word, isn't it? It's a personal connection. It's an intimate connection. It's a relationship. That relationship between God and David, building connection. In the presence of our enemies, uh, God doesn't eliminate our enemies from life. We know this. You know, we've all had difficulties. Um, But what this passage is saying to us, even in the the midst of difficulty or even when uh, we're struggling, maybe that's been recently, maybe that's a long time ago, that God is a God of goodness, a God of bounty and a God of, of generosity, that his love for us, that his banquet for us is there even in the midst of our troubles, even in the midst of our enemies. And then David talks about God anointing his head with oil and he suggests that he's refreshed by God's anointing that he has a time of communion with God, a time of being refreshed and fed by God. And then these words, I love these words, my cup overflows. I have more than enough for my needs. I I, I just love that. There are times, I think, for myself and I guess for everybody else and for you at home where I felt my cup's been half empty during this pandemic. It's been a struggle, homeschooling five of us in the house, all online at the same time and it all crashing And just that, ah, feeling, you know, not feeling full up, but feeling maybe half empty. And to remember and to know that when we come together to God, that he has more than we need. So let's think about that wedding now in the verse I just read from John. The wedding. The wedding would have lasted about seven days. And most of us have read that story before. It's not a a new story. It's not something we've not come, come across before. And we know that they've run out of wine. And we think it's probably on about the third day. And that would have brought incredible shame to that family. Um, In society at that point, to run out of wine would have shown lack of generosity. So Jesus' mother steps in. She wants to save this wedding couple and their family. We don't know who they were, but she wants to save them from this sense of shame. And we also know that Jesus did a lot of his ministry around food that a lot of what he said and taught and did was um, whilst eating with others or teaching about food itself. And that he places a really high value on community. So he's at this wedding and his mother's at this wedding and his mother decides to step in to avoid the shame on this family. And we can see God at work in that wedding, can't we? We can see God at work through Mary and through um, Jesus um, in that celebration. So how does that fit with how we are now? Uh, Mike just spoke about it, the restrictions that, and Jamie before he led worship, the restrictions that we hoped would be lifted this week aren't going to be lifted, uh, um, and we still remain in a pandemic. And for some people, including our areas, it is growing. 
And I think what we can remember from today is we need each other, perhaps more now than we have before. It's been a long time. And at the beginning of the pandemic, it was easy to kind of, we had energy, didn't we? You know, we still had kind of the get up and go to ring somebody or to, you know, go knock on somebody's door or to do shopping for people. We're tired now. You know, we've had enough. It's been nearly a year and a half of this pandemic. But our cup still overflows and God is still at work and he is there to nourish us and to feed us. And even though these restrictions are around for another month, we can have hope. And I know that we can have hope in our relationships and in building relationships and in reconnections. As, you know, Sarah just said to us and Jared talked about people at home. And we can continue to meet together and to just grow together and to reconnect together. And over the last few weeks, Mike has spoken quite a lot about reconnecting. And it's really important, and I think it's more important than most of us think. I'm going to read something that Mother Teresa said. The greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy, or even our pandemic, my words. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are so many more who are dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It's not only a poverty of loneliness, but also of spirituality. There is a hunger for love as there is a hunger for God. And these words, they really reminded me of, of what it's like to be human and that human need for love and connection to be in relationship and fellowship with him, but with each other. And it also reminds me of how God can use that and how we can be a blessing to those around us, to those in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, but also here in church too. Hospitality is one of the ways that we're able to share the grace of God with others. And God can use us and our hospitality to be a blessing to those around us. So as I come into land, I just want to um, say, continue to say something about church and hospitality. This summer is a perfect time for maybe for us to fall back in love with the church. I'm not saying you've fallen out in love with the church, but it is hard, isn't it? Being at home, watching it on a screen, maybe feeling a little bit disconnected, being in the room with a mask on, sitting separately from other people, not being able to hug, not being able to high five, not being able to share intimately because we're, we're not allowed to hang around. There is that disconnect a little bit. And maybe this summer we can find a way to fall back in love with church. Even if you're thinking, I've not fallen out of love with church, because I know, you know there are times when we think that too. Um, and maybe you feel anxious about coming back. I know I did. When Mike announced we were going to work back in the offices, I, took, I, I didn't feel comfortable with it. And it was a week before I, had the, I, I got the courage up to go back in. I just felt a little bit uncomfortable being in rooms with other people, a little bit anxious. Or maybe you just like being at home on your sofa on a Sunday. Honestly, I loved those Sundays. I could get up, I could get my breakfast, I could watch the service. It was great. Maybe um, you have your own reasons. Um, maybe it's your health. Um, I don't know, but there are many reasons we don't come back to church. But there are so many more reasons why we do. I wonder if you've missed worshipping with other people. 
I know I have. I find it really difficult even being in the room and not being able to sing. And I just live for that moment when we can all sing out and worship together. I think when that happens in the UK, there's going to be a really loud voice on that Sunday morning. It's going to be so powerful. The spirit will really move through it. Worshipping is one thing that we do together as community. Are you missing the connection with people? Oh, my goodness. Mike said the other day he thought I'd only met 20 or 30% of the church. I so miss the connection with all of you and not being able to meet with you, not being able to go to your houses and pray with you, not being able to fellowship with you. Um, and even when I do meet with you, there's a mask and I can't remember your name because I don't know what you look like. I long for that. And being in church at the moment gives me that small part of being able to meet together. And relationships. Do you miss the relationships with those who you have traveled with? Do you miss the relationships with the rest of your church family? There are so many reasons why coming back to church, reconnecting, being a part of a family, enjoying fellowship, being a part of worship, and having relationships together. There are so many reasons for you to come back and be a part of church. And coming back isn't easy. We have to pre-book a seat. But there are lots of ways we can come back as church family. And I know that Mike is beginning to think about the summer and ways where we can be together and worship and fellowship together. But I wonder if visiting a mum who's just had a baby or visiting an elderly person who's isolated at home, maybe there's someone you know that's recently been ill or someone in your life group that you just need to say hi to and have a coffee with. Maybe you know someone who's been bereaved, and we've had a little bit of that in our church recently too, haven't we? Or an elderly person who's living alone. There are so many people right now that would benefit from you reaching out to them. But actually what I'm finding is I'm probably benefiting more than they are when I do that. That connection with God through other people, that fellowship and that love and that being one just, just seems to happen when we meet together. So I just want to encourage you, that it is difficult. We are still in this pandemic and things are going to be difficult for a little bit longer, but we can meet together. We can come back into church. We can ring a friend. We can fellowship. And through that, God will nourish us. He will feed us. He will, he will allow our cup to overflow. So I'm just going to read Galatians 5.13. By visiting and showing love like Galatians 5.13... We are spreading the freedom Christ offers and learning more about the importance of a church body at the same time. And that was, or maybe it will be, the first way you can use your freedom as we come out of this pandemic to celebrate the end of the lockdowns and the, all the restrictions. So as I come to a close now, I just wondered if we could spend one moment in silence and just think about whether or not we're ready to come back to church, who it is we might like to see, or ring, or pray with, and in what ways we can reconnect and become one together. Heavenly Father, you made us to be in relationship with you and with each other. And I just ask now that you would bless each and every person here in the room and each and every person at home with an opportunity to begin reconnecting with family, with friends, and with each other. I also ask, Lord, that if there is a way that you can help people to reconnect with their faith, that you do that too, Lord. Amen. <laughs>